welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. Let's just get into the word for today. And Father, by the grace of God, we pray that I pray that my words would be your words to each one of us, that they would be encouraging, exhorting and enabling in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I was in the introduction, I mentioned this little verse uh, as I was uh, recording Church Reset last night for Tuesday morning. Um, I was obviously, as I've said as well, uh, using Acts 19. And there were other things that I was doing, but one little verse keeps bothering me. And it is this Acts 19, verse 23. And when you read the Bible and a verse is bothering you, that is often the way, certainly for me, that our Holy Spirit begins to talk. And sometimes it fits absolutely the context. And sometimes God kind of uses it as a trigger into other um, things to think about. And the verse what reads, about this time there arose a great disturbance about the way. Now the way, in case you're unaware, uh, is of course what the Christianity, if you like, was first known as. Christians was a, a nickname that the Bible says was first given to us at Antioch, but uh, the, the followers themselves referred to the way. It's probably heavily linked into uh, when Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth and the life. There is no other way to the Father except through me. He is the only way to come into that relationship with God as Father. There's no exceptions. That's it. He's the way to know the Father. And, and so from this, the early church often referred to themselves as the way. And in Greek, the word is really the same as it is in English. It can mean the route. It's the route that you need to follow. It's the path that's mapped out for you. I love the fact that it refers to a journey. It's not a label. It's not, oh, I am a Christian. When, it, I, it, when you say I am part of the way, which is exactly what it means to follow Jesus, you are saying I am part of this journey. And from the rest of our lives, from that moment of being born again, we are on a journey with God until we go home to be with him. However long or however short that is, it's a journey that God has given for us. It refers to the way or the road ahead. And it can also refer to the entrance because Jesus is the entrance into the full inheritance and the four promises that God has for us. You want health. You want healings. You want miracles. You want blessing. And you want to see a community change more than anything. Well, Jesus is the doorway into all these things. But there was this great disturbance. Now, in Acts 19, there was a riot, uh, as it puts it, in the city of Ephesus. And they all end up uh, and it, it nearly completely gets out of control. But uh, praise God, it doesn't completely get out of control. Uh, I'm not looking to riots. Absolutely not. I'm not talking about that. But it's this word disturbance. And I was thinking about the word disturbance and I was looking it up. And uh, in the Greek, uh, it means to it can mean to stir up. And I was thinking, yes, there arose a great stirring up of the church as well as the neighborhoods, the communities that we're in uh, as a time for coming to see and understand and know Jesus. If nothing else, COVID-19 has taught us that we are not as secure and technologically and scientifically stable as we thought we were. The, 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 the world is still a big place. The world is still out there. 
the disturbance that we've got going on around us is more like trepidation, fear, um, but great disturbance can also mean great excitement. I mean, it doesn't mean that in this passage at all, but it can also mean for us, because that's what the word means, great excitement. Jesus said, and this has been one of our key verses, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. you we will be disturbed. We will be not satisfied with the, with the with the ordinary things. In fact, also in this chapter, it says that God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Not just ordinary miracles. I think we'd be happy with lots more ordinary miracles. But here, God is clearly also saying extraordinary things. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit was upon him. So I was praying more and more about this, and God took me to the prophet Isaiah. Now, Isaiah was writing hundreds of years before Jesus actually come, but he is a prophet and he points the way forward. And of course, the early followers of the way, the scriptures that they had written down, they'd be, they, uh, very early on, key things began to be circulated, like the letters of Paul in the Gospels. But the scriptures that they drew upon to see what God was saying to them and what God want, how God wanted them to be would have been to look at their own Jewish scriptures. Because remember, to begin with, the church was virtually all Jewish. Um, uh, and so it came strongly from that. But still today, the Old Testament speaks truth to us. We have to look at it in the light of the New Covenant. The Old Testament is the truth concealed and the New Testament is the truth revealed. But when we look to the truth in the Old, we also get revelation of what God is saying to us now. Isaiah had loads to say on the coming Messiah. And so he's always really exciting to to be reading. Now, one of the things he wrote, okay, in Isaiah 57 was this, build up, build up, prepare the way, remove the obstacles out of the way of my people. And you think, yes, come on, that is, that's good. Let me read it again. Build up, build up. So we, the people of God, we need to be built up. We need to be encouraged, not just by, uh, me teaching you on a Sunday, but also by us getting into the word and being in Bible studies or doing daily readings and praying and in our households, prepare the way. Now, the way is Jesus, but Jesus manifests in this world. The way people see Jesus now is by and large through people that know Jesus. So preparing the way, again, we've got to be prepared, but in a way that flings open the doors, if you like, uh, flings open the entrance so that people can come through. People can come and understand. People won't be kept out by things that are not true or misunderstandings. But the people of God ourselves, we are open to talking to people about what it really means to be a follower of Jesus. Now, that's in Isaiah 57, and, and God is clearly speaking to his people right there. But what I really want to get to, and this is the main part of the word so sit back make yourself comfortable take another sip from the cup of coffee one of the great advantages um and listen to what god is going to say to us through isaiah 58 now the actual scripture in the niv the niv puts lots of titles in uh, these are not in the original scriptures so you shouldn't always just think oh that's what this is about when you see those titles if you're using the niv and many other scriptures do the same thing those little title bits are not in the original text. But having said that, the one here in the NIV, it says true fasting. Ah, 
Well, that makes us sit up and think because this is the week of day of favor and a time when we are often using prayer and using fasting. And look, I don't want to take you away from prayer and fasting by reading what we're talking about this morning. But there's something that God wants to say that is significant, and it is this true fasting. It is this true worship of God. Now, you know, if you watch the Church Reset uh, videos, uh, I often finish it by saying, choose your path wisely. And I'm referring to those ancient paths that come from that scripture that God gave us, what, three months ago now, as something ongoing and significant. Stand at the crossroads and look. This is a point, this is a crossroads time in all our lives. Look at the crossroads. What direction are you going to take? The way of the Lord or the way of ourselves? You know, the way of the spirit or the way of the flesh? It's a decision that face all of us. Actually, we face it every day, but this right now is a particular time of that. Ask for the ancient paths. Now, the ancient paths are the things that God has revealed. Jesus himself came 2,000 years ago, so he is the ancient path. He is the ancient way. Uh, but also we, we delve into scripture. Well, we're going to look at the ancient path that God puts out for us here in Isaiah 58. Because we're going to be asking what the good way is. We're looking for what this says to us as church now. It had a message to the people Isaiah was speaking to right there, right then. But also scripture is alive. Scripture is dynamic. Scripture speaks to every generation. And so we want to see, okay, God, what are you saying to us as a generation right now in this day? Because it says, ask for the good way and walk in it. So We've got to know what the good way is. And the promise is, and you will find rest for your souls. This is all from the prophet Jeremiah's writing, uh, Jeremiah chapter 6. So, verse 16. Now, terrifyingly, the people said to Jeremiah, but you said, well, but you said, Jeremiah writes, we will not walk in it. It's always a choice. The way of the spirit, the way of the flesh. Always our choice before you, the way God wants us to live or fulfilling our own bodily needs, functions and desires. That's the choice. What, what will you choose? Because it is a choice. So let's look at this whole passage of Isaiah 58, this ancient path and what God is saying to us today at this time. OK, over the next few minutes. Shout aloud, says Isaiah. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Now, Isaiah is writing this, saying this, but he is speaking as if it's God speaking. Shout it aloud. Don't hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. And you think, right, okay, cool. God's going to speak. God's got something to say. Well, the first bit of what God has to say probably, hopefully, shook people to the core because it was, declare to my people their rebellion. That's not what you want to hear from God, is it? Who, who wants to hear from God? Declare to my people, you're in rebellion. And to the descendants of Jacob, their sins. Now, and it's very interesting then, what does this rebellion look like? Because initially, when you read it, it sounds like they're doing great, actually. All right. For day after day, they seek me out. Oh, I thought they were in rebellion. 
day after day. They seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways. It's so easy to put on a show. It's so easy. And this is part of what God has taught us through us being locked out of the summit. And we don't want to lose this, you know. We don't want to lose what God is saying to us. Because, put it another way, day after day, they go up to the summit. Day after day, and on special days, we have gatherings. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right. Well, it all sounds good to me, this. The church is gathering, the church is meeting, in, our, in terms of us. We're even day after day seeking him out. That That sounds like, you know, if everybody in the church is suddenly praying and seeking God every day and reading their, their Bible notes and watching key YouTube videos every day, that's how, you know, everybody's going to be delighted. And yet God is saying they are in rebellion. As if they were a nation that does not, that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of God. But surely God does command us to pray, to fast, to meet together, to command. Yeah, but there's something deeper and something more important happening here that is very important for those of us who are followers of the way, the journey with God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Oh, what do you want, God? You know, that you, you go and see your friends, you go and see the pastor, you ring up the pastor and say, what does God want me to do in this situation? All sounds good. This, I mean, this does sound good, doesn't it? People praying every day, um, asking God for decisions, seem eager for, seem is a little bit of a letdown in there, but eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say? Why do we even bother with days of favour if we've got situations like this? Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you've not noticed? I wonder what way they had humbled themselves. Sometimes we think we're doing God a favour when we listen to the live stream. Or we put extra effort into it. And we actually go to church when we come back to having those doors open and we're celebrating and worshipping and singing at the tops of our voices at the summit. Isn't it a kind of humbling ourselves? We're giving up our time to go and worship God. Some of the government guidance for having a church service that, that is there right now, it basically... It, it talks about making services as short as possible um, and avoiding socialising for church services, not for cafes. But for church services, um, you've got these restrictions still in place and you read it. And the first time I read it, I thought, wow, it sounds like get in there, appease your deity and get back out again. Uh, but sometimes we ourselves can be a bit like that. We, you can feel like you're doing God a favour by reading your Bible. You can feel like you're doing God a favour by praying or listening to YouTube. Why have we humbled ourselves and you've not noticed God? People who are in rebellion, because these actually are a people in rebellion, though at first it doesn't look like it, always blame God for when things aren't working out. Have you ever noticed that? 
It's God's fault. Why did God allow that to happen? Always God's fault. Good sign that people are wandering away from God. There's genuine thoughts along that that road. Don't 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 get yourself tied up in knots. But here the people are complaining. They've been doing all these things and God's not noticing, as the way it's put here. Well, God answers them. Yeah, you've humbled yourselves. You've gathered. Uh, you've fasted. You've done all the things you're supposed to do. Let me tell you about what I have actually seen, then, says the Lord. Yet, on the day of fasting, okay, so a day that you've specially dedicated to the Lord. So you could put fasting in there, uh, but you could also put anything that you do, that you do because you're putting it apart, for you're setting it aside for God. Right now, praise God, you're doing the sort of gathering we can do. So this is that time as well. This is like fasting. You're fasting some of your time to the Lord. You could have been reading the newspaper. Yet on the day of fasting, you do as you please. See, it's very easy to think that we are appeasing our deity by having a time of worship. Now, don't hear me wrong. God loves worship. The gathering is really, really important. But not if we do that, but continue to just do as we please. Live our lives in a way that is worldly, if you like, rather than living our lives on the journey that is following Jesus. This is what repentance is all about. It's turning from, well, let's call it sin and wickedness, because that's what it is, and it's turning to God. Now, that's impossible. You can't turn from sin and wickedness and turn to God in your own. But you can if you follow the way, if you go through that entrance that is Jesus. And not only that, when you are on the way, you have the Holy Spirit giving you the power to enable you to live that way. Unless you do as you please. Now, the example God gives here sounds more like a union document or uh, a left-wing politics document because the first thing he highlights is and exploit all your workers have you ever thought of that that's quite powerful that's a statement to christians in politics you're praying you're going to church you're reading your bible but you're just doing as you please because you're exploiting your workers you see God has called us in following the way to be the light in the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, but he also said, you are the light of the world. And the honest truth is, the church is supposed to be the light on a hill, the community on a hill, the light in the darkness. And that means following the ways of Jesus. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife. How many times do we go to church but we end up quarreling with somebody well it's not like a regular thing i don't see that all the time but there are quarrels and strife you say hang on a minute i could focus on exploit my workers that that's really good i can really get behind that mostly because very few of us have got any workers you know but this is a bit more personal you mean god doesn't like quarreling and strife no absolutely not he god is saying it's no good just praying fasting if you're always arguing 
and I hope this doesn't happen very often, and in striking each other with wicked fists. Remember, this is Isaiah many years before Jesus, but he's talking about the way. You say, I thought we didn't have to do stuff to get into heaven. You know, I thought grace meant we could do whatever we wanted. No, grace enables us to live the way God has called us. That's what grace truly is, not just we can do whatever we want. What about the mercy of God then? Surely the mercy of God forgives us. Absolutely the mercy of God forgives us. Absolutely. You can always be forgiven. You can always come back to God and praise God because, you know, remember we can't do everything God has told us to do. We are we need that Holy Spirit. And when we when we when we fall away from God, when we're not relying on the Holy Spirit, we will do things wrong. God God knows that and God's made provision for that. But here he's talking about those things that get set in place. You cannot fast, says the Lord, or put time aside for God. You don't just have to look the word fasting, but God is talking about true fasting. Fasting is one of the things that people think more than anything else. Well, if I fast, that will make God do it. That's, that's absolute rubbish. What does fasting do? It doesn't twist God's arm and think, oh, I'm going to have to answer that prayer right now. God wants to answer our prayers more than we want to see them answered. He, wants, he delights in good things. He delights in wonderful things. Twisting doesn't twist sorry fasting putting time aside doesn't twist god's arm being super good doesn't twist god's arm it puts us in the place to receive you cannot fast go to church services pray listen to youtube as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high if you're doing these other things if you're just pleasing yourself is this the kind of fast is this the kind of fast i have chosen says the lord the answer being yes, it's a rhetorical question. Only, uh, it, it, well, sorry, this part's no, then we get the yes. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Only a week set aside? Only a Sunday morning put aside? Is fasting only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? You've probably never laid down in sackcloth and ashes. It's a, um, an Old Testament practice of showing that you were repentant, of showing that you really wanted to live in God's way. And yet God is saying, am I really interested in you lying around in sackcloth and ashes? God's never interested in the show. God's interested in the heart. And fasting comes from the heart. Fasting comes from a desire to be with God and encounter God. Fasting doesn't twist God's arm, but fasting opens us up to the things of God. Brian is actually saying the same thing here. God looks upon our hearts out of our relationship with our Father. Yes, because he wants us to be walking in close intimacy with our Father. And when we do as we please, it's like a black cloud that just gets in the way of these things. Uh, Donna saying, when Paul died, I fasted for three days. I felt the pre that's her former husband. Uh, I felt the presence of God all around me while mourning. Yeah, I, I'm certainly not saying don't fast. In fact, Jesus requires us to fast. But here, God is also, very importantly, asking us to say, but what's in our hearts? What What is actually going on? It's so easy to get caught up in the show. And we haven't really got to the true fasting yet, okay? Um, is that what you call a fast? Just doing stuff 
a day acceptable to the Lord? Is this, says the Lord, not the kind of fasting I have chosen? So this is the kind of fasting, kind of prayer, kind of worship, kind of setting aside time to God that God has chosen. Remember, we're still going to be worshipping, we're still going to be praying, we're still going to be fasting. But this is equally, as if not more so, part of what it means to be the light of the world. I have chosen this, says the Lord, to loose the chains of injustice. You know, that doesn't sound very spiritual. No, but that's what God's about. You know, movements which work to help those who are caught up in injustice, even some of the ones where we would disagree with them. I tell you what, the Holy Spirit's there involved because God wants to loose the chains of injustice. There's, there's been a lot of controversy about the whole thing of Black Lives Matter. Of course they have. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a mess and bad things are happening. And I'm not talking about the political group. But black lives matter, full stop. And you say, well, we should say all lives matter. We should say blue lives matter is another campaign referring to the police in, in America. Of course, that's true. But black lives matter is taking a look at the specific injustice that people who are not white have come under. That's not to say there is not injustice in other areas. It's not to say that those areas are not things that we have to consider. Of course we do. But we also need to be looking at what the injustices of racism in our country are because that's the kind of fasting that God has chosen for us. That's not every single person as an agitator in that kind of work or a, a giver into that kind of work. Not at all. This is talking to us as a church. To untie the cords of the yoke and set the oppressed free. Of course that's talking about people becoming Christians. But also it's talking about seeing justice, social justice in our nations. God is there. To say that to talk about uh, racism or Black Lives Matter, uh, uh, the injustice that, that black people have suffered, uh, it, it is somehow bad because it detracts from others it's just the wrong way of thinking. It's like saying we shouldn't have breast cancer awareness because there are other cancers. Yes, there are, but also we need to consider that, those issues. And it, it, sometimes you hear, particularly on social media, people say, oh, we can't talk about that. We can't talk about that because there's actually this. You know, what, what are you doing talking about this? This is much more important. We can talk about both. It's a big world. We can cope with more than one thing at a time. Anyway, Let's move on. Untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. The ultimate yoke is the one of sin and disobedience and rebellion to God. Okay? But also it's about the church being involved with people in the community, in the world. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter and when you see the naked to clothe them? And this isn't just about wonderful um Wonderful things that happen in this town, like the Rainbow Center, that automatically comes to mind with that. That is why that is like prayer, worship. That is something that is amazing in this town. But it's not just about making sure the organizations are involved in these things. It's about what is, um, what is my part in this personally? I mean, there are people watching right now. 
there are people watching right now that your call, maybe your gifting, is to be used in the world's the world of social justice. And that is not something less spiritual than being involved in a worship team. Donna's saying, actions speak louder than words. Absolutely. I think the world is sick of words coming from religious people with no sign of lives that are backing that up. I'm not saying that is universal, but we've certainly seen it. But Jossie is saying, that's right, we don't exclude everything else by focusing or promoting one thing when it needs to be highlighted. It's like if you start preaching about the Father of God, somebody is bound to tell you you're missing out the Holy Spirit. So you preach about the Holy Spirit and says, you don't mention Jesus enough. We don't exclude things just because we focus on something to draw attention. Is it not to share food when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Family. The way we treat our family reveals the heart of who we are. Now, some families have broken down. There's been terrible abuse uh, uh, and things like that. That's not what's talking about here. Okay. But there is that respect and honoring within families particularly when they are working, but also to see healing and restoration. Sometimes the abuse is of a kind where that healing and restoration is not something that should be just attempted. You know, we're not going down there. Let's just talk about the normal things for this moment. You know, God does tell us to honour our fathers and our mothers. And guess what? Even the good ones, they weren't perfect. And my mum's watching this right now, so I better be careful what I'm actually saying. But, you know, it's not turning away from them. It's not just saying goodbye, I've got my life to leave. Then, says the Lord, your light will break forth like a dawn. This list of things that we've just been through will cause the light to shine. This is the kind of fasting, this is the kind of prayer, this is the kind of gathering, if you like, that I have chosen, says the Lord. It's got to be something that, and, there's an and in here, they are together. You can't have one without the other. You can't just go to worship meetings and think that's appeasing your deity. It's following the way, it's doing the journey. And the thing is, you can do it. Absolutely can do it. Because God promises that we can. Isn't that awesome? Anyway, then your light will break forth like the dawn, your healing will quickly appear, your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard, and you will call and the Lord will answer, because it opens us up to him. It opens us up to receiving. So if it's about a giving mindset. It's about a sowing into the community mindset. If you are lonely, go and engage with lonely people. If you say, I don't have friends, go and be a friend. If you say, I have nothing to do, find out what you can do. If you say, I am not being used, go and serve. Everybody, no, not everybody, that's an exaggeration. People so often say, oh, I want to serve. What they mean is, I want to have recognition. I want people to see me and say, oh, wow, they are spiritual. Well, if you want to be in ministry, which is the same word as serve, it often starts with sweeping floors, cleaning cleaning surfaces, 
cleaning up the at the summit building to try and keep it open during COVID-19 with all the extra cleaning, keeping on top of cleaning toilets. Cleaning toilets can be as spiritual, if not more spiritual, than someone who just prays. Hmm. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, the pointing finger and malicious talk. How easy it is to just start moaning about people, start gossiping about people, bringing others down. They annoyed you. They upset you. You want to let others know about it. That is the gossip that it's talking about here, the malicious talk. And then when the next minute we're going to go, oh, come bless me, Lord, come bless me. And the Lord says, but what about that? I, you know, where's your heart? If you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry to satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. This is the church reset. Maybe you're thinking that's too much for me. I just want to watch TV. I don't think many of you are watching that. I think many of you are saying, yes, amen. I want to be part of this. This is new. This is the rising. This is what we are. And it's not, this is what Kingdom Faith Yorkshire is. This is what we are as a people and as individual people within the family of God. Your noon will become, your light, your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. So if it is dry, whether it's spiritually or, or the, the, the Lord will provide for us. He will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, beautiful and full of colours. You're, you're like a spring whose waters never fail, that bubbling, continuous life. Your people, because he's talking to all of Israel, but it could be the people, your church, will rebuild the ancient ruins. While the church is compared to what things have been seen before when it's good, it's like in ruins. And we are part, we are the real, we are, we are the builders, we are the, we are those rebuilders of the ancient ruins. We are the walkers of the ancient paths. Ask for the good way and you will walk in it. You will be caught the repairer of broken walls, the restorer of streets with dwellings. Don't just spiritualize this. This has spiritual meanings as well, but it also has an everyday meaning. We are people that help those who need homes. If you need keep your feet for, and I'm not talking about all oh, kingdom faith Yorkshire needs to do this. This this is about people. This is about us. How we use our homes. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honourable, and if you honour it by not going your own way. Now we are living in a different covenant to what this was, but. The Sabbath was the day of rest. It was the day set apart to God. And do you know what? It began on a Friday night with a family meal where you, where you rem remembered God and what God had done in your family and you spent time in your family and you, you had glasses of wine and you ate good food. That was the beginning of it in the household with the family. And the Sabbath day would be the day uh, of, of where you would do more ritualistic stuff, if you like. Now, we haven't quite got that, but it shows how important it is to be with family. And that's not just our immediate family, that's extended family. And that's not just flesh and blood, but our church family. But just doing the things, eating meals, but perhaps having communion, uh, uh, having fun together, doing fun things together, as well as 
the Sunday morning gatherings. But don't just fit them in. It should still be something that's precious and uh, uh, and and a time of rest. Now, it, it's my hardest working day. It's not really my time of rest, but the rest is the peace of God. The rest is encountering Jesus. Don't just do what you please. That's the second time it's come up. It's Following God is not just doing what you please. It's not the way of the flesh, if you like, but the way of the spirit. You honour it by not going your own way. You, you, you actually do do what some of those people were doing at the beginning that God then criticised them for. But the, re the reason God was judging, really, them for was he was saying, yes, you're doing those things, but your heart shows because of what the fruit is, of what's actually happening, is that you're just doing them as sort of religious things, trying to get me to be in your work in your life. But having established all that that we've just talked about that we can't go through again, he then says, but you do need these special times with me. You do need to put this time of rest to one side. You need to delight in the things of God. And then, says the Lord, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. What's our inheritance? It's all those promises that God has spoken over us. If you are listening to Richard on YouTube right now, his one story, he's just released uh, the fourth program. He's going through how God has acted from Genesis, and he's going to go all the way through to Revelation. It's an amazing job. But what will come out again and again is the promises that God has given us, our inheritance that is ours to take hold of now in Christ Jesus because in Jesus we are are adopted into God's family we are sons all of us of the father firstborn in the sense of receiving all of the inheritance and Isaiah 58 finishes with for the mouth of the lord for the mouth of the lord has spoken hallelujah praise god uh, Robin Deering says that it's taken more than 30 years to get from the start of Isaiah 58 to the end of it, and I'm still on the journey, so don't give up. <laughs> Hallelujah, amen. I've tried to go through it in half an hour. Uh, there's so much more in here, honestly, so much more. This was just one reflection of it. Uh, praise God. Uh, Lauren says, great words, Paul. I've always been better at the practical side of being a Christian, working with kids, cleaning them, praying and felt guilty about it every now and again. Well, don't feel guilty. But Lauren, it is both. You know, it is both. It's not only service and worship. Look at the story of Martha and Mary. We haven't got time to go in for that now. So it, it's both. Um, um, Shona says, we're not, uh, we're, we're singing about, amen, we were singing about who our God was earlier. And this is who we are as the church. Waymaker, miracle worker. Ron says to serve is a form of prayer. Absolutely. It is prayer. It's ministry. That's that you can't separate the two words so often that they are they're separated. I saw a, a young lady celebrating um, on Facebook. I read her comment that today was the last day of being a lay person and tomorrow she would be a priest because she was being ordained in a church that looks at it like that. And I was both really pleased for her. She was being released into ministry and leadership. And also it was just a little bit sad, though, because we are all priests. 
We are a kingdom of priests, Scripture says. There isn't a lay people and priests. There's not a special priesthood set apart. We are all set apart to be ministers, servants of God. Hallelujah. Brian says, Ecclesia, a called out people, set apart, chosen for the light. Hallelujah. Well, I think I better stop there. I've been speaking for quite a while. But let's finish where with some scripture that I mentioned right at the beginning, that scripture that's really, well, two bits. Let there be a great disturbance in the way. I hope, by the grace of God, there has been a bit of disturbance in you this morning. Maybe you even feel a bit annoyed with me, or maybe you're celebrating with me. I hope it makes all of us, there's a bit of it that makes us feel uncomfortable, because there's always this call to change. But really, the scripture I'm referring to is, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Isaiah 58 is revealing the ancient paths, the, the, the heart of God to see change, not only for people to declare Jesus their saviour, but to declare Jesus their Lord and walk in his way and do what he has called us to do, which of course is to preach the gospel, because I've not focused on that today doesn't mean it's not important. We were talking about that earlier. But preaching the gospel and living the gospel also means things like standing for social injustice, looking after people who, who are or looking for change to end exploitation. It, it's being involved in community for the things that are good. It is seeing change, it is bringing change, trying to ensure that, that, that people who are sick are cared for that, and are looked after. That is Isaiah 58. Hallelujah. Well, Choose your path wisely. And I, 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 I pray that you've been blessed by this morning. It might be one of those ones to go back a bit and listen, because the key thing is to, to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. You know, by the grace of God, I've spoken under the anointing of God. But also, we very clearly need to hear that word adapted to us in that. It's very easy to hear a, a long word and can feel a bit overwhelmed. God is not saying everybody needs to be doing everything. We all need to have a heart for everything. We all need to be involved in some way in our personal lives. But there are other key ways in which God causes us to say, you should be involved with this. And some of those things are within the church as a family. And some of those are being involved with things outside of church. Some of those will be Christian activities and some of those won't be. There are good things happening in the world in which people of the light, people of the way, can happily and should be involved. Anyway, praise God. Um, I think we've just about come to where we need to be for this week. I'm not going to have a, a time of prayer and ministry today because I think the, the best thing to do is for you to have a time of prayer and ministry, maybe not right now, but another point, and reflect on some of the key things that have come today. Don't think I've got to get everything from God immediately in one prayer session. Remember, we follow the way. It is a journey. Let that revelation come. Okay? Be blessed, everybody, and uh, see you soon. Maybe even at the Hub this week. Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, 11 till 2. God bless you, everybody. See you next time. 
Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.